Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Forecast, your weekly disc golf podcast. I'm your host, Chris Kaur. Today, we're going to be talking about the first round of disc golf playoffs on Discraft's GMC. So we'll be diving into FPO and MPO, and we will finish off on the topic of the week, too, as well. So we will go ahead and get started with the FPO. So starting things off, we will be talking about the FPO. Uh, We're going to be talking about Christian Tatar mostly because there's really nobody else that really stacked up really close to her. Throughout the round, you did see Hannah Blumros really kind of just hang around. She really did stick around. She did compete with Kristen quite a bit. It seemed like a battle, and then the last round happened. Uh, Hannah did finish three over on the very last round. Kristen did finish four under, so a big swing in that last round, putting Kristen over at uh, 10 under, and then Henna finishing three under. Besides that, Own Scoggins coming in third, going one over. Then you see Missy Gannon at five over. And if you want to figure out where Paige Pierce is, you would have to go pretty far down. She finished tied for 18th. She finished 21 over compared to the winning 10 under. This tells such a story about FPO. It tells a story of transformation. We are seeing... FPO have this Goliath in the sport. Kristen Tatar has won six of her last Disc Golf Pro Tour events, um, whether it be a major, an elite series, a silver series, six out of her last seven. She has an incredible putt. She has incredible accuracy, incredible power. She is just an all-around great disc golfer. And I think that the big question with Kristen is always going to be, what if? What if she what if she got into the pro tour when she was younger? What if she got on this hot streak a little sooner? What if she was a United what if she played in the United States longer? I think that's the really big question. You know, Kristen is 30 years old. Paul just won a worlds and he's in his 40s, so that's a little bit different, but she isn't this young player, this young star upcoming. She's in the middle of her career. I would argue that she's towards the peak of her career. She's around the same age of Ricky Waisaki, um, who we'll talk about in a little bit too as well. But Kristen is later on in her career. I, I think that that's the big thing. She could definitely win a couple more. Um, well, she's definitely going to win a couple more of these big events. She could definitely run away with another few worlds. There's just a lot of potential, but there's also the question of what if. And this is what I'm going to be talking about in the topic of the week later on is when is disc golf prime? When is it truly a prime? Because people are going to say that Paul is old, but he just won the world championship in his 40s. People are going to say that Kristen's not at the peak of her career because she's already 30, but she's dominated this season. It's a really big testament of, well, when... When are you considered to be in your prime at disc golf? Disc golf is a sport where you could really play at any age. And kind of discounting Kristen is counting, I I would say discounting Kristen's potential is something that is not, I, I don't think it's justified. I think that she is, yes, 30. I think that she has a solid decade she can play. I think Kristen can play until she's 40. She's very in shape. She's very, um, athletic. She's, a great player all around. She is the best disc golfer in the world right now. There's nobody that can compete with her. 
when Kristen Tatar is at her best, there's not a single person who can compete with her. I don't care if they're 21, they're 25. I don't care what age they are and how much younger they are and how much longevity people might think they have over her. She is the best disc golfer in the world when she plays at her best. And when she plays at her worst, she's still a top five, a top three FPL player. It's not like Kristen drops down and just plays awfully. She is always going to be in the top five. If Kristen Tatar ever falls out of the top five, I promise you it's because she's hurt. There are some other storylines. I think the obvious storyline that I had mentioned real quick was that Paige Pierce did finish tied for 18th, a 21 over round. I mean, Jennifer Allen finished before her. Captain Merch finished before her. Vanessa Van Dyken finished before her. Um, Ella Hansen. Cynthia Riccati. I mean, these are names that should not be over Paige Pierce. It just... Paige has just declined immensely. And, it, and it's just a really big question of what happened. Because the field is just very shallow. FPO is not MPO where anybody on any given day is going to win. At FPO, you could, an MPO, I'll say, you could throw a dart at a board of the top players in the world and any of those top players could win. In FPO, you got to be strategic. Not everybody's going to come out and win. You know, like Val hasn't even won in a while. Owen Scoggins hasn't won this year, but she's going to stick around. Missy is a hit or miss. Nobody is this dominating factor, this dominating competitor to Kristen Tatar and Paige Pierce was supposed to be. If you if you look back at the past few years of disc golf, Katrina Allen and Paige Pierce, that has always been the battle. It has always been Cat and Paige, Cat and Paige. I mean, if you look at the worlds from last year, that's what the battle was. And then this year, I don't know what it was. I don't know if Paige is dealing with an injury that she hasn't said because Paige is somebody who very much does not like to give excuses. So if she was hurt... I would not be surprised that Paige Pierce doesn't tell anybody she's hurt. She doesn't want to make that the reason why she's not performing well. Is it because Kristen is here and she's not the best anymore and she does have that big pressure? And the argument I have for that is that look at Kona Panis. Look at how consistent Kona Panis played last year. And then she signs this huge contract. She has the same contract as Kristen Tatar. And this season, Kona has played awful just god awful kona has not played well um and then the same thing with Paige is that Paige still has the big contract she's always been known as the best but now it's the first time in her career i will say that she has to fight to stay the best she's never had to really fight to stay the best she's always been the best and now that Kristen is here, Paige really has to prove that she is the best player in the world, and she has not done so. She has struggled when she's had chances. She has struggled when Kristen just dominates. Her putt is off. Her drive is off. She doesn't have a forehand. She's never had a forehand, but she she doesn't have a forehand, which is which is big. You're the best player in the world. You, you have to develop some form of forehand in a way. Um, her backhand turnovers are great, but to miss that part of a game is huge. So Paige is just plummeting in how well she's performed this year. Uh, we are seeing new names being more consistent. Like Missy's been more consistent in the second half. It is second half of the season, Missy. I still discount it. Yes, I know. But Missy um, is playing a better second half than she has the first half. Um, in coming in fourth, Owen Scoggins is still playing just this phenomenal season. Um, 
I still am going to compare it to Matty O. Just sticks around. Sticks around. Owen Scoggins is always going to be there. And they're showing up Paige Pierce. They're showing her up for consistency. They're showing her up for um, dominating the sport itself. So it's it's insane to see Paige has fallen so much. And I hate to take away from Kristen's thunder because Kristen shot a phenomenal round. But it's just expected at this point. It's expected that Kristen's going to go out and win. If you bet on anybody else in FPO to win a any any series, I don't care if it's an elite, a, a major, a championship, anything. If you pick anybody to win that is not Kristen Tatar, I don't know what you are watching. Kristen Tatar is always going to compete, whether it's first, second, third, she's going to finish top three. And I think that's how she's going to be the rest of the season. I think MVP, she has a great shot of winning. It's... I don't know who's going to compete with her. If I had to pick going into MVP, who is going to finish top three? I'm going to say Owen Scoggins does. I'm going to think Owen definitely does. And I'm going to give it to Missy. I, I give Missy, I feel like I give Missy a lot of hate. I feel like I don't, but I also feel like I do. I think Missy is going to finish in that top three with Owen too as well. Um, but also big hats off to Hannah, the only other FPL f- player to finish um, under par, which was great for her too as well. All right, so we are going to be jumping over now to the MPO. We're going to be talking about Ricky Wysocki's big win. Um, not, not that big of a win. He did win by uh, three strokes, finishing 34 under. Matty O finishing up tied for second. I will continuously talk about Matty O being the most consistent disc golfer in the world. I'm a big Matty O fan. He just sticks around. He he finishes in the top five almost every single round. It is incredible. He is the Owen Scoggins MPO. Owen Scoggins is the Matty O of of M of M of FPO. Oh, it's hard for me to get out of that one. Um, they, those two players I think are very comparable in terms of how well they stick around. Um, Isaac Robinson going to finish up third. Chris Dickerson, oh, I guess tied for second, excuse me. Uh, Chris Dickerson also going to f- finish up tied for second, too, as well. Dickerson hasn't shown up of late, so really good to see him back out there playing well. Uh, world champion, six-time world champion, Paul McBeth coming in fifth, and then Gannon Burr, six. Greg Bardsby, seven. I wasn't going to even mention anybody past uh, Gannon Burr, but Greg Bardsby, has played very well this season, so really awesome to see him. We'll touch on a little bit of those two as well. But first, we're going to be talking about Ricky Wysocki. Ricky Wysocki had a very strange last round. He did throw out of bounds six times. Six times he he threw out of bounds. I mean, it's kind of ridiculous. He did um, double up on one of those times he threw out of bounds. The rest of them, he did scramble, was able to get out of it, was able to get a par there. It seemed like he was going to run away with it. It truly did. Um, I think that most people were kind of assuming he was going to take it away once it got to the last round, especially going into the back nine. Going into the back nine, he did have that very big lead, but he did double and did bogey. And during that stretch that he did double and bogey, Matty O just tore it up. I mean, he had six birdies on the back end, while Ricky had three birdies, a double bogey, and a bogey. So doubled his birdie count. Clean, unlike Ricky, who's going to add those three strokes, but Ricky still just was able to set himself so far ahead that he was able to pull it out. Isaac Robinson did the same thing, except he did bogey uh, at the very last hole on 18. He did find himself in some good birdie streaks down the the end stretch too as well. Ricky has been back and forth all season. Ricky has played... Really well. He is going to be up there for player of the year with Paul McBeth. He's won a handful of tournaments. He's won more than Paul. 
but he's also been very inconsistent. I mean, if you look at some of his worst finishes, I mean, he's finished 57th. He finished 57th at Des Moines, but then he finished first at Ledgestone. He finished third at Great Lakes. He's finished second at the Preserve. He won the Dynamic Discs Open. So it almost feels like he did not play this well this season because of that 57. People look at that one finish and really discount what he did but if you look back at these 2022 finishes and i'll just rattle these off so he finished seventh 12th second first second 10th first fifth second 16 12 3 1 57 11 1 a lot of numbers how many of them were outside of top 20 how many of them were outside of top 15 not very many how many of them did he win he's won four He's won four series this season. That's huge, especially because it's not it's not the same as FPO. FPO, Christian Tatar wins six, and that's just this monstrous victory. Ricky wins four, and that's huge. That's incredible with the pool of players that MPO has and the amount of competition that they have. Ricky can win. Matty O has not won, but he's stuck around. Paul McBeth can win. Gannon Burr can win. Calvin Heinberg can win. There's a lot of different names that have won this year that can win. Chris Dickerson. I can't even. I didn't even throw out Chris Dickerson's name. There's so many names that can win. There's so many players that are capable of winning an MPO. And I'm not saying that nobody in FPO can compete, but they can't compete on Kristen's level. Let's just be honest. They cannot keep up with Kristen Tatar, but everybody can keep up with Ricky in MPO. Majority players. There's even players that just come out of nowhere and win these tournaments. Like, uh, Tristan Tanner with how well he can play as well. Just this no-name. Aaron Gossage being a player that almost won Worlds. You don't see that in FPL. You see Kristen. You see Paige when she actually can pull her game together. But in MPO, it is a battle of just these giants. It's multiple players that compete every single week and that you really could just... You don't know who's really going to win. And... Although Ricky has played really well this season, I, I feel like I didn't expect this from him. I think the 57 and the 11 did put me down a little bit on the Ricky hype. And I and I love watching Ricky play. I think he's a phenomenal player. I especially love his forehand. I love him throwing the slammers. Um, I used to love watching him throw the pigs. He really inspired me as somebody who throws forehand. So I, I love Ricky. I definitely, Ricky's one of my favorite disc golfers to watch. I think he's one of the best players in the world, if not the best player in the world. But that 57 finish and that 11 finish, it didn't make me feel too well about him finishing up here but the thing you always have to remember with this golf is that there's courses that players are great at and there are courses that players are okay at ricky is great on this course ricky tears up jeffersonville he this is his fifth time winning this championship i mean he just absolutely dominates this tournament and that, that raises other questions that i will speak about in a different topic of the day that's a different topic of the week that will not be discussed today is that with the playoffs are going to be the same uh, courses every season. How do you separate players that just play good on a specific course? Um, will not be today's topic of the week. Most likely will be next week's topic of the week. So if you want to hear that conversation, um, tune in next week. But more so, Ricky dominates this course as a playoff course. Really big for Ricky there. I think the next thing I really want to talk about on MPO is Chris Dickerson. Chris Dickerson, much like Ricky, has kind of faded in and out all season. Um, he has 
a really big start, and then he's kind of gone back and forth in terms of how he's finished. The last few tournaments, he finished 19, 16, and 12. So no, I mean, no top 10s over the last three. But then before that, he did um, win a preview event. Then he came in 12th and then second. So he's he's really slowed down after that little break he had. I mean, he's still finished top 10, but those last three streaks there, um, not the biggest finishes. And just like Ricky, those three finishes didn't make me feel too good about going into this tournament, but he finished tied for second. So a really big win for him. Macbeth finishing fifth. Macbeth is just the example of what it means to be the best disc golfer of all time. Uh, I, obviously, Macbeth has had some bad finishes too as well, but compared to Paige Pierce, you can almost always bet that Paul Macbeth is going to finish in that top 10. The just it's a, it's a different story as to why Macbeth isn't winning every single week like Paige used to. You know, Paige isn't winning every single week because, well, I don't know. That That's the big question is why is Paige not playing so well? She only has one other person that's playing better than her, and she's finishing in 18th. And then you have someone like Paul who is watching disc golf evolve, and he is watching just great player after great player after great player just explode. He's watching these players around him take what was his, but he is still out there battling. He's still the world champion. He's still coming fifth in playoffs. It's insane to watch him still compete in his 40s when you have these young players like Gannon Burr, who he beat, who's Gannon Burr's, what, 17? He's coming out and still performing so well. So hats off to Paul McBeth for that. Um I think he's really showing everybody that he deserves to be known as the best of all time. It's a great season in his later stage in his career, but he's still out there competing very well. Last thing I want to talk about on MPO is Mr. Greg Barbsby. Um, Greg Barbsby has had a very funky season. I think Greg Barbsby um, Goes back and forth season to season of how well he's competed. Um, the last finishes for him, and it's almost like making fun of myself at this point because he's who would have thought Greg Barbies would have finished this high up in playoffs. Um, so he did win the Silver Series, the Sula Open, so that was the big win. And then after that, he finished 20th, 65th, 22nd. 22nd and then finishes up seventh. Uh, Greg Barbsby is just also a really fun player to watch. Um, every I'm from California, right next to De La Vega. So we are very fond of Greg Barsby here because of his roller ace at De La Vega. I'm very talked about here too as well. So Greg Barsby is a local favorite here um, in the Bay Area. So Barsby though, it's it's good to see him play well. I, I, I He's, he's I don't know, he's somebody like Matty O where you just enjoy watching him do well. You really don't expect them to win all that often, but it's just nice to watch them perform well, to do well. Um, so Greg Barbsby, big ups to him, finishing up seventh. A lot of great talent behind him. I mean, he beats Adam Hammes. He beats Calvin Heinberg. He beats, uh, I mean, Brody Smith and Ezra Outerholt too as well. But um, great up to Big to big Barbsby here. Um, Ricky Wysocki, though, finishing up as the first winner of this playoff. It's going to be interesting to see uh, what we're going to be looking at going into MVP. Um, they got, they've got they been playing with a lot of fog. We're going to see if that fog is going to stick around. I mean, usually MPO tees off after FPO. So if anything, FPO might be stuck in some fog play um, to start off this second round of playoffs. Um, but we will see. But we're going to be transitioning over to the topic of the week. 
All right, so this topic of the week is going to be about age in disc golf. When is the prime age of disc golf? And I got to start off by saying I know Paul McBeth is not 40 years old. Um, I know earlier in the podcast I did mention that he was 40. It was more so me exaggerating age and talking about age and kind of just I really want to just fixate on how ridiculous it is that people think that Paul McBeth is out of his prime, that he is washed up, that he is too old to play disc golf. Uh, Paul McBeth is not 40. He is not 45. He is not 35. Paul McBeth is 32 years old. He is only 32. In comparison, some of the best some of the best players in other sports, uh, Tom Brady is 45 years old. 45. And he gets hit playing football. He gets he gets sacked. He gets hit. Paul McBeth is not going to be getting hit. Um, LeBron James is 37 years old. And I'll, I'll argue that LeBron is not in his prime anymore. Brady obviously is not in his prime, but he's still playing just as well. Um, it's just ridiculous that people compare and make Paul McBeth seem like this very old player when he's not. He's 32. In comparison... Ricky Wysocki is 29, and people think that Ricky is in his prime, and people think that uh, Ricky, it's just, it's insane. It's insane that 30 in disc golf, people start talking about prime falling off, and that Kristen is 30, and she's not going to be sticking around, and Kristen's not going to be able to show up because she is 30. I don't think that, I think the prime of disc golf that I can touch on um, is going to be I'm gonna, I would say it has to be 27 to maybe no, that, that's too big of a I was gonna say 27 to 35 but I feel like that's too big of a gap. I think that what makes the most sense for prime of what we see is that early 20s so the Heinbergs, the Gannon Burrs that are getting close to 20. It's where you start developing skill. You can win things. You can definitely uh, scavenge up some wins. You could scrape by. You could perform. You could be flashy. You could be great. But you don't have that winner's, not that winner's mentality, but you don't have that winner's heart yet. You haven't been through it. You haven't seen the ups. You haven't seen the downs. You haven't really seen what Macbeth has seen, what Wysocki has seen. Heinberg is great. Heinberg is a phenomenal player. He's 23 years old. But he's not – he hasn't proven himself as one of the best of all time because he's so young. So that divide of, well, he's a young kid. He's going to be a lot better. He's a young guy. He's a young guy. Makes sense. Definitely makes sense. So when is prime then? Prime has to be, I'm going to say, 28 to 35. You have those seven years to kind of find your prime. And Paul McBeth is 32. He still has three more years, I would say, that he is at his best. He isn't 40 like I'm talking about earlier. He's 32. Paul McBeth is still in his prime. The problem with McBeth is that people around him are getting better. People around him are learning more about disc golf, practicing disc golf, seeing that disc golf can be a career for them, and practicing their asses off. That's really what it is. They are practicing so hard that they are competing with McBeth. When something pops up that you love like these athletes they see that okay disc golf can be this actual career for me when they see that disc golf can be a career for them that's really when people start to try when you see that there's a career when you see that there's money behind it when you see paul mcbeth signing a million dollar contract that is when you really kind of start to realize okay this can be my career let me start putting work into it 
The fact that Paul Macbeth had a million dollar contract signed, millions of dollars signed to him when he is 31, that's prime. That is an athlete signing the largest contract in his sports history. That is Paul Macbeth being in his prime. And it's insane that people wouldn't think he is. Paige Pierce is 31. She's had a long career, yes. I think Paige Pierce and Paul Macbeth, they've won all these world championships in their 20s. It's hard to say that Paige Pierce is the argument against this almost, though. She's won all these world championships, and now she's fading off. She is leaving her prime of disc golf. She's not in her prime. Paul Macbeth is still playing just as well. His competition is really sticking around. I still don't believe that mid-20s is the prime of disc golf quite yet. I don't think I'm convinced that. I think this new wave of disc golf will convince me otherwise. I think as of right now, though, I think that this later half of disc golf is the prime. The 28s, the 29s, the 30s, the 32s, the 33s. That is the prime of disc golf. You've been there. You've won things before, yes. You've raked up some stuff, but then you start to really master your game, you master your craft, and you're able to come out every single day and compete. So I, I'm i really going to argue that it's not the mid-20s. I know there's going to be a lot of people saying, well, Paul Macbeth won all these worlds when he was in his 20s. Paige Pierce ran away with her fives when she was in her 20s. Not a fair comparison. Not a fair comparison where five or six years ago, the competition was not there. You didn't have all these players. You didn't have all these fans. You didn't have this big following of disc golf. Disc golf has blown up over the past two or three years. And I get disc golf has always been around. You know, It's not just because we started watching it that this really picked up. But it has evolved immensely over the past few years. And you have to acknowledge that evolution did play a role in how competition, how prime, how everything changes. When a sport explodes like disc golf did, it changes everything. And we're still in that transformation stage. We Disc golf was on this little constant growth, and you could see it getting bigger, but then there was a boom. And once the boom happens... Everything has to set. I don't think everything has set yet. We're still growing. There's still a lot of change. I mean, this is the first Disc Golf Pro Tour playoff. We just had the first ever playoff. So the the fact that we just had our first playoff ever for a sport that's been around since the 70s, it's, it's just so much has changed. So much has changed that Prime has changed for players too. Macbeth didn't have the same competition that he has now. He had more than Ken Climo, but he had... Less than what he did now. Still able to win, though, during that time. Still able to win at the age of 32 over the 25-year-olds, over the 17-year-olds, over the 20-year-olds. Still able to pull it out. I'm going to argue to my death that prime of disc golf, 28 to 35. Older, to me right now in disc golf, is better. The ashes are still settling after the disc golf explosion. And a lot can change after that big explosion. I just don't think that I don't think I'm convinced yet. We'll see how these young players play. If a Calvin Heimberg, if a Gannon Burr, if any of these younger players start winning big tournaments, if somebody wins a disc golf Pro Tour championship that's a lot younger, although the Pro Tour championship's a little bit of a wonky tournament, um, then maybe my mind will be changed. But as of right now, my mind is stuck.
staying the same. I'm not changing my opinion yet. Disc golf prime, 28 to 35. And that's where I'll rest my case. But that is going to wrap me up here today. That is going to be our topic of the first disc golf playoff tournament. We will be talking about it again next week, round two, going into next week. We will also be talking about are they going to change these playoff courses? They change worlds. Are the playoffs going to stay the same because just the fairness of that and MVP and all these other tournaments being this way. Um, so we'll definitely be talking about that too as well. Playoffs have started off really strong. I think it was a great tournament, a lot of fun to watch. I'm expecting MVP. I think most people are expecting MVP to be one of the best tournaments of the season. MVP is this crowned gem of disc golf. I think it's one of my favorite tournaments, if not my favorite tournament to watch. So a lot of excitement going to that. Uh, thank you all for tuning in. This was The Forecast, and I was your host, Chris Core. See you all next week.